This is Straight the Clipper with Bring the Noise Podcast in the house. One time for your mind. I hope everybody's feeling good as usual. Today, we ain't doing an album review, but we're going to take a look back at one of the greatest years of hip-hop in the golden era. I'm talking about 1988, and I'm going to give you my top 10 hip-hop albums of 1988. And uh, let me just also just state the fact that 1988 was a huge just expansion year in hip-hop. There were so many good albums that came out this year. And honestly, at some point in time, I'll probably do another top 10 to make a top 20 uh, episode at some point in time. But right now we're going to start just with the top 10. And there was a lot of monumental albums that happened in 88. And I mean, like I said, it was just a huge year. So it seems only fitting that we picked this year to do a top 10. And let me tell you, this was difficult. There's some that for sure, you know, it's in the top 10, but there was some that I'm like, man, I wish I could, you know, <laughs> wish I could somehow just make uh, three tens and have these other three albums in and, uh, you know, do something like that. But nonetheless, I came up with a top ten. And again, this these aren't album reviews, so we're not going to like dive in song by song on any of these albums. I'm just going to kind of list them, tell you a little something about them. I'll play a clip from one song, whether that's a song that I really like or, you know, a single they had, whatnot, and just kind of, you know, just go from there and kind of just appreciate this top 10 uh, list for 88 and how big of a year this was for hip-hop. I think hip-hop really started to change you know, uh, around like 87, but 88 is when it was a new crop of MCs. A lot of MCs had their sophomore albums. A lot of MCs had their first albums. A lot of these MCs went on to be known as the greatest MCs of all time. So 88 was a pivotal year for hip hop. And um, some of my favorite albums have come from that year and rightfully so, because it was a monster year and hip-hop and without further ado we're just gonna go ahead and get on into this bad boy and i'm gonna go from 10 to 1 so without further ado let's jump into it that brings us to number 10 now my number 10 spot i got a album called straight out the jungle from the jb's the jungle brothers um it was released november 8th um it has 13 tracks on it and here's why it makes my top 10 over some other ones and why i have it at number 10 first off um this was the start of the native tongues uh you know that led to have a tribe called quest de la soul you know queen latifah and i it's just you know it started a whole type of movement in hip-hop um in a year where there was a lot of, I guess you would say, gods like Rakim, philosophers like Karis One, revolutionaries like Public Enemy, and gangster rappers like Ice T and NWA, you had kind of what was looked at as the every everyday man, you know, the just the cool the cool guys. Uh, that they were conscious rappers. JBs were definitely conscious rappers, but they weren't like. I guess, in your face about it or like preaching about it. Um, Not to say that that was bad, but I think they represented a whole different type of conscious rapper. But they also, they they were just fun. I mean, this album is funny. It's fun. It's conscious. It's uh, a perfect debut album. And 
it really started what would uh, become the native tongues, which they were always looked at as the hippies of rap anyway, at least De La Soul for sure. But it all started with the Jungle Brothers. They're the fathers of the native tongues. And it even has a couple songs, I believe two songs, with Q-Tip on it. So, I mean, that's where Q-Tip first, uh, we first heard his voice was on jungle brothers straight out the jungle it's definitely a top 10 album of 88 and it deserves to be on this list just for that alone from starting the native tongues putting q-tip on starting you know that whole um just kind of laid back cool cool type of type of hip-hop that was still had a message but some people didn't really respond to the in-your-face messages of, like, Public Enemy and KRS-One or, you know, something like that. Or a lot of, if you weren't a gangsta, maybe you just weren't into NWA, well, you would be into the JBs, Jungle Brothers. And uh, that's why I put it on my list. So the song I've decided to play a clip uh, of or from is because I got it like that because I love that song that song's just dope to me and so that's the one I picked to have a sample of a little clip and you know how I gets down so without further ado let's play that clip dancing on the dance floor girl it's you that I adore step on stage you scream for more Africa got rocks galore snap my fingers make you mind if not I'll snap a So yeah, that was the JBs. That's at number 10 of my top 10 hip-hop albums of the 80s, and that's how we're starting it off, just like that. I think that's a pretty uh, pretty good start off, like I said. Dropped November 8th of 88, had 13 tracks on it. Um, kind of an innovative album, too. You know, had uh, a little bit of house music harmonizing, all sorts of things on there, and it had good lyrics, so... To me, it's definitely uh, one of the best albums from 88. And that'll lead us to number nine. Number nine, I got a little album called Power from the one and only Ice-T. Power is Ice-T's second, his sophomore album. So he had Rhyme Pays before this one, which obviously was... uh, you know, a hit, everyone liked Rhyme Pays, but on Power, like, Ice-T was never really known for being the most lyrical, but he definitely, like, 100% stepped up his game, um, his street knowledge, uh, he is, you know, pretty much like the, like the godfather of West Coast gangster rap, and, um, he is a good storyteller, Ice-T's always been a good story, a storyteller, and, um, I think Ice-T's dope. I love this album. Power is definitely one of his best albums and definitely was a fantastic album and is in the top 10 for 1988 for me, myself. It drops September 13th, had 13 songs on it. Like I said, there's uh, a lot of highlights on this album, a lot of really good songs, and... To me, the one that's, there's a few that stick out, like I'm Your Pusher and High Rollers and obviously Power, the actual song. And uh, yeah, it's just, on this album, his production was mu- like way better than Rhyme Pays. His his rhymes were way better. It was quite the leap, and Rhyme Pays was really just from the year before, but um he definitely upped everything on this album and went for more kind of street stories as opposed to just kind of partying and talking about, you know, just, you know, partying and hitting and smoking and all that good shit. But on this one, I mean, there's elements of that. He does have a song called Let's Get Butt Naked and Fuck. So, I mean, he still has the, and he always has over all of his albums, he always has that sex element to it because i mean ice t was a pimp at one time so you know (laughs) but uh on this one yeah it's just if you like if you like gangster rap uh you definitely gotta listen to this album because it's a pioneer album in gangster rap yeah 
So on that note, the song I've decided to play from this album is uh, the 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 actual song called Power that is off of the album. And um, yeah, without further ado, let's play a little clip of Power. Ice T, top ten, number nine, nineteen eighty eight albums. Let's go. I'm living large as possible, posse unstoppable. Style topical is vividly optical. Listen, you'll see them. Sometimes I'll be in cops, critics, and punk. Never ever want to see me in power. Well, that's too bad. Apocalypse now. I'm back and I'm mad. We're coming. You're running cold and cunning. Ice tea on the mic. Top gunning. After your neck. Check and respect. Making you sweat. Rhyme syndicate boy. All right, and we're back. That was a little clip of power from Ice T. That is my number nine. Now, let's move to number eight. Number eight, um, you know, when I was making this list, I almost put Ice-T at number eight, but this was such a good debut album that I had to put it here instead of Ice-T's, no disrespect. But at number eight, I got an album called Strictly Business from EPMD, Eric and Paris making dollars. EPMD, man, I'm like a... like one of the biggest fans of EPMD. It took me a while, but man, the beats, everything about EPMD is just dope. And yes, every album they had after this album is better. Um, but this being their first, you know, album ever is just, and to be in contention with all the other albums that I've either just mentioned or I'm about to mention kind of says what EPMD is all about. Uh, they're the slow flower. You know, you have Paris Smith. You have Eric Sermon, the E-Double. One of the best rap duos of all time. Their production is just fucking raw, whether it's, you know, Eric Sermon doing the beat, whether it's PMD doing the beat. Either way, uh, this is a dope-ass album. And I would love to have it higher, but there's just so many good albums that came out this year that... I got it at number eight, but it's definitely num uh, in the top ten for 1988, their debut album. Plus, you know, it starts the Jane saga. If anyone knows EPMD, every album they have, they have a song about a girl named Jane. Then all the shit that they go through, all the stories, and yeah, it's just it's. I, I love the Jane sagas on the uh, on the EPMD albums, and um, yeah. In this album, Eric Sermon has a hard lisp, and you can tell, but his lyrics and his flow are so good that you you honestly just look past it, and, you know, they're just a very innovative uh, hip-hop group. They're just, they're all about their business, and I love this album, and that's why I got at number eight. A little context, the album came out on June 7th. It has 10 tracks, and you'll notice a lot of these albums from 88 or even older hip-hop albums, you know, they're usually like a 10, 11-track, you know, albums. That's just kind of how they got down. Like, obviously, Power had 13 songs. Straight Out the Jungle had 13 songs. And Strictly Business has 10. But we're going to hit a lot of albums on this uh, episode that they either have 10, 11, you know, songs on it. And honestly... It makes them uh, short and sweet, but it doesn't feel like it's lacking anything in in this album with only 10 tracks. I You can listen to every song. It's awesome. I love this album. Um, so the song I decided to play is a song called It's My Thing. This song is so fucking dope. A lot of MCs have used the same sample that EPMD did, Jay-Z did, The Alcoholics did. Anyway... I've always been a fan of the beat, but I love It's My Thing by EPMD. And so, without further ado, that's the clip I'm going to play. So let's get into it. Strictly Business, EPMD, I got to add number eight. And here we go with It's My Thing. MCs out there, you better stand clear. EPMD is a world premiere from New York Straight Talk. America's best, cold wild Long Island is where we rest. The style of the rap makes your hands clap. Take care of yourself because the lines are strapped. They mean business, no time for play. If you buy a line, they're on your way. The more you bite, your body gets. All right, and we back up in this now. Okay, 
So we got three. That means we had known. We got number seven. At number seven, I have one of the most important hip-hop albums to come out in general, let alone 1988, from my favorite MC of all time, KRS-One, but it's from Boogie Down Productions called By All Means Necessary. And let me tell you, man, this album is... Uh, I can't even begin to explain how important this album is to hip-hop. Prior to this, Boogie Down Productions did have an album called Criminal Minded. Obviously, that album is one of the best albums ever put out in the 80s, 90s, whatever, anyway. But uh, on that album, Karis One was mostly very rugged, very street. I mean, he's always rugged and he's always, you know, got that element, but... This is when he got real conscious and really started just kind of mixing up his whole what he was about, you know, as a as an MC. Um, as most people know, if you don't, Scott LaRock, his DJ and pretty much best friend, um, was killed, and that's what made him change the direction of what he was rapping about. He got started calling himself the teacher. He started talking about, you know, a lot of conscious things, but at the same time also just perfecting his rhymes. I mean, Karis One is in your face. He's got something to teach you about. He's got something to tell you about, and he's fucking serious about it. I mean, the album cover is literally him looking out the window with a nine, like Malcolm X. And it's just, it's such a good album. And once again, it's a short one. It only has 10 songs, too. It came out May 31st of 88. But uh, it's the sophomore album of Boogie Down Productions. And, man, let me tell you, like, it's just... I keep listening to this album over and over, and there's more things I catch, more things that I keep hearing. And I'm just constantly in awe of KRS-One and how dope he is. And this is when he also really started looking at hip-hop as a, or as a, uh, I guess, not just music. He looked at it as a way of life. He started kind of being like, in the hip-hop community, we have certain rules we need to live by, and we have, you know, this can be something much more than just music. And, yeah, I mean, he's got songs where he's just conscious as all hell, He's got songs where he's back to his battle MC form, where he's just destroying everybody. And yeah, it's uh, it's such a good album. It's such an important album. And that's why it's definitely on the top 10. Um, and yeah, I have it at number seven. I have it there because I, out of all the Boogie Down production albums and Karis One solo albums, its importance is not overlooked. I just have other Boogie Down production albums that I like better or KRS-One albums. Nothing against this album because this album is still just so influential in hip-hop and really changed the direction of a lot of things in hip-hop. I mean, hip-hop was a certain way before this and after By All Means Necessary and a couple albums that'll be coming up on this list, hip-hop was drastically changed and for the better for a little while there. So anyway, I'm not going to go too far into it. We'll save that for another episode when we actually cover the album. But the song I'm going to play for you is a song called My Philosophy from this album. Um, It is literally one of my favorite songs from KRS-One, and so that's why I picked it. Anyway, let's play a little clip of My Philosophy from By All Means Necessary, 88. Hit it. Let us begin. What, where, why, or when? We'll all be explained like instructions to a game. See, I'm not insane. In fact, I'm kind of rational. rational. When I'm asking you, who is more dramatic? This one or that one? The white one or the black one? Black the one. punk and I'll jump up to attack one. Terrorist one is just the gotta lead a crew. Right up to your face and diss you. Everyone saw me on the last... All right. Like I said, that I love that song. It's a good album. Again, I hope, you know, even if you're not really in 
to really old school hip hop. I know some people just will tell me, you know, it's, it's, it's too old, you know, whatever. But honestly, give it a shot. Listen to these albums. If you're into lyrics, I mean, you got to think of what year it is and think of how MCs were rapping before this, you know, if you know, no disrespect to run DMC or anything like that. But I mean, can you imagine being an 88 and then all of a sudden hearing something like KRS one or, you know, EPMD or any, you know, like how exciting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, again, give it a shot and you're bound to find something on there. You like, cause it is that classic and yeah, I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway, let's move on to the next one. At number six, I got a album called Follow the Leader from the God Rakim himself, Eric B. and Rakim. That album was released on July 25th, 88. It's got 11 songs on it. And it's kind of funny because I got them back to back. Karis won Rakim. And I kind of wasn't sure where I wanted to put these albums anyway because I was like should I put by all means necessary at six and when we get to five these three albums uh seven or five six and seven they could have been interchanged at any point I really had to think hard where I wanted them to go but at number six I put follow the leader the only reason I put follow the leader um at six and not five is when it comes to lyrics, Rock Him is literally in a league of his own. And I know I just said KRS One is a beast on the mic, and he is. And at this time, I mean, you look at who's the top MCs, people were either saying Rock Him or they were saying KRS One. And rightfully so. Rock Him is a fucking genius on the mic. Uh, I'm still awed by the shit that he says, too. Um, like, and his elevation from their first album, Paid in Full, from the year before, I mean, is just elevated. And that's what I like about this list. A lot of these guys like Boogie Down Productions or, you know, Ice-T or Eric B. and Rakim, they had albums literally the year before. And they were good albums. Everyone liked those albums. But they, their production-wise, lyric-wise, they, they stepped their game up so good that it's it, it's mind-blowing how much better like a lot of them just stepped their game up i will say for follow the leader rock kim stepped up his game lyrically by tenfold beat wise there are some good beats on this album but to me it kind of lacks a little bit compared to their first album or even albums after this and that's not saying the beats are bad it's just when you're listening, Rock Kim can hold it over himself just by his lyrics, but there's some beats on this album that just kind of, you know, you're you're just kind of like I'm not in awe of the beat, but that's not what I'm listening to right now. I'm listening to Rock Kim just fucking destroy. And I mean, when it comes to flowing like slow and just, you know, just I mean, Rock Kim is just his voice, everything about Rock Kim is dope. I mean, let's just get that right out right out right now. Everything about Rakim is dope. From the way he looks, from the way he dresses, to the way he presents himself, Rakim is one of the dopest MCs, if not the best MC of all time. And that's not just me saying that. A lot of hip-hop heads, uh, they know what Rakim's about, and they would agree with me. Um, so the song I decided, I had to think hard because there's a lot of really good songs on this one. So the one I decided to play a clip from, I love Rakim's third verse and follow the leader so much that it was between that and Microphone Fiend, even though Lyrics of Fury is, you know, and we could go on, but we'll save that for another episode too. But I decided to go with Follow the Leader, a clip from that. That's what made me become an Eric B. and Rakim fan, so that's why I picked that song off this album. So without further ado, I'll play a little clip from my number six album on my top ten albums from 1988. From the album Follow the Leader, this is Eric B. and Rakim with the song Follow the Leader. 
Let's go. A verified freestyle, lyrics of fury. My third eye make me shine like jury. You're just a rental rapper, your rhymes are minimate. I'll be here when it fade and watch it flip like a renegade. I can't wait to break and eliminate on every trade of a snake, so stay awake and follow and follow because the tempo's a trail. The stage is a cage, the mic is a third rail. I'm Rock Kim, the fiend of a microphone. I'm not. Ooh, like I, t- ooh, man, follow the leader. That's a bad, that's a cold ass song right there. I tell you, man, I tell you what, uh, yeah. That's why I got it right there, number six. And like I said, you go listen to that shit. Rock him will blow your mind. Um, but there's three I have in a row right here. So will, so will KRS one. And at number five, I have another legend. I have the album Long Live the Kane by Big Daddy Kane. Also, this is his first album. So Rakim and Karis One were on their second albums. Ice T was on his second album, and we got another first timer, just like the Jungle Brothers and EPMD. Long Live the Cane was dropped on June twenty eighth, eighty eight. This just like uh, Strictly Business and By All Means Necessary. It's got ten songs on it. Like I said, a lot of these are short, short albums. Follow the Leader had eleven songs on it, so. Um, so I'll, I had to think long and hard where I wanted Big Daddy Kane's album at on this list. And it was real tight between Follow the Leader, By All Means Necessary, and Long Live the Kane. The reason why Long Live the Kane ended up in my top five is one reason solely. The other guys were pretty established. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane was known. He did a lot of shows. Him and Biz Marquis were tight. He had some, you know, some 12-inch singles out there. But when this album dropped, he was immediately thrust into the same category as the other two, as Rakim and Karis One. To me, that says a lot. That says, man, your first album, you were able to jump right in in 88 and be on par with what we're already starting to solidify as you know, top-notch MCs. This is a good album. Uh, Big Daddy Kane's second album, I will say, I is better than this album, and just like the other guys, but uh, this is a classic. This is, I mean, you can't talk about 88 without talking about Long Live the Kane. Um, the album cover's dope. It's him dressed up as Black Caesar. He's got a bunch of girls tending to him, uh, you know, that's always been his M.O. Big Daddy Kane is a fast rapper. He gets conscious, too, but um, he's more, you know, he, he, he has a lot more. He, he was always a sex symbol, too. I mean, him and LL Cool J. Rakim and Karis One, that was not their thing. You know, they were, they, Karis One was conscious. Rakim was the flower, you know, the God MC. Big Daddy Kane, though. When it comes to metaphors and punchlines and everything else, man, Big Daddy Kane in 88, that dude was on a whole nother level, and he was just a quick rhymer. He could go slow, too, but, man, I love Big Daddy Kane when he's when he's just rapping, just rolling. And, um, yeah, that's why I got it at number five. Uh, it's, it's, it's a fantastic album. It's a classic. And not just from 88, it's just a classic in general, which all these albums are classics in general. But, you know, again, I can only imagine what it was like. What a fucking dope year to have just all these albums dropping and some of these new, some of them sophomore efforts. But this would have been one I would have been bumping all summer long. I would have been just rocking this one for sure. Plus, it came out, you know, towards the end of summer. So, but... Either way, Big Daddy Kane deserves to have this album on on this list. And so the song I decided to pick, as much as I love Ain't No Half-Steppin', I decided to pick Set It Off. I think Set It Off is such a good example of him just fast rhyming, just, you know, the beat is so quick and he's just, yeah, I don't know. It's a dope-ass song. Um so yeah, we're going to play a little clip of Set It Off from Long Live the Kane from Big Daddy Kane. Top 1088, this is number 5. Let's hit it.
Let it roll, get bold. I just can't hold back a fold, cause I'm a man with soul. In control and effects, so what the heck? Rock the discotheques, and this groove is what's next. Attack, react, exact, or Mac, I move you with. A strong song as long as you groove to this. I keep the crowd loud when you hype. Do damage on stage and injure the mic. As I shoot the gift and see, stand still. While my rhyme stick to you like Skippy and Jeff. Till my blood fits. Ooh, man, I, man, that's a good song. I fucking love that song. When I'm done with this, I'm going to bump that album. Uh, but I've been bumping this shit all, for for years, but I've been bumping it all week anyway. It's, uh, I got my own little 88 playlist, but um, yeah, damn, that's a good song. Anyway, let's move on to number four. And if you didn't know it came out this year, if you did, you knew it was coming sometime because you know I ain't going to have a top 10 list without an album as influential as this one. I got Straight Outta Compton by N.W.A. at number four. Um, there's not really much I can say about Straight Outta Compton that most people don't already know. Most people have already seen the movie. You know what the group is. We all know what the group went on to, to do. You know, you got Eazy-E. You got Dr. Dre, you got MC Ren, you got Ice Cube, you got DJ Yella. All those rappers went on to have extremely successful careers. Solo careers, acting careers. We all know Dr. Dre, we all know Ice Cube, we all know Eazy-E. Some people don't know MC Ren, but MC Ren had a very successful solo career too. And it all started right here with Straight Outta Compton. Also, I just want to say there was another member, Arabian Prince. He gets forgotten about a lot. I'm sorry I didn't mention that. But uh, he was definitely part of this album and definitely deserves to be mentioned with the group. He left after this album. But anyway, we'll get into that when we get into the album review on this one, too. And you'll hear me say that a lot. I want to get into it, but not on this episode. We're just running through the top ten. So... This album has 13 songs on it, and it was released August 14th of 88. Um, Again, like I said, I don't really even need to dwell on this album that much because we all know the importance of this album. This is, you know, granted, yep, Gangsta Rap had been around prior to this. Um, Obviously, Ice-T had been around. Schoolie D had been doing his thing, but this was... uh, this was a bit different when when NWA came out and because Ice Cube was such a good rapper and because MC Ren was such a good rapper and Dr. Dre is known as one of the best producers of all time and Easy es just whole persona and his voice like I mean the group is just it's so good there's such a good group and uh, this is an awesome album again just like I said with Ice T. If you are a gangster rap fan, I don't even really need to tell you to go listen to this album because you've probably already listened to it many of times. I mean, again, there's gangster rap prior to this and during this, but, you know, to come out and just be like, fuck the police, you know, come on now. (laughs) Uh, NWA is dope, and this album is dope, and that's why it's at number four for the impact of it and just, you know how good it is and what ended up becoming of the group. So without further ado, I decided that the song I wanted to pick is, well, I got to pick straight out of Compton. Now this album's good. So good. You can listen to every song right through, uh, even the last one, even though it's an electronic dance song, it's still, for some reason, I listen to it. Uh, but I, I, I picked straight out of Compton, the self-titled song. And, um, yeah, uh, we'll play a clip of it, even though you already know what the song's about, but fuck it. We're going to get into it. This is uh, Straight Out of Compton from the album Straight Out of Compton from NWA at number four on the top 10 albums from 1988. Hit it. Straight Out of Compton, crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube. From the gang called Niggas with Attitudes. When I'm called off, I got a sawed off. Squeeze the trigger and bodies are hauled off. You too, boy, if you fuck with me. The police are going to. Like I said, anybody, you've seen the movie, you know what's up, NWA, I mean, come on now, they dope. 
Everybody knows they're dope. Come on now. <laughs> so without further ado, we're going to just keep on moving. Then we're going to go to number three. Um, and a lot of people who do know, they're probably like, what you, what do you got over straight out of Compton? I got an album that is one of my favorite albums of all time. It is on my top 10 albums of all time, not just from 88, just in general, because it's so good. It is The Great Adventures of Slick Rick by a rapper called Slick Rick. Man, this album is so good. And it's funny, because when I first bought this album, I bought it at the same time I bought Easy's uh, Straight Off the Streets of Motherfucking Compton album. So uh, talk about completely two different albums I brought I bought but man I listened to both of them equally as much uh Slick Rick I've said it before I'll say it again he is the greatest storyteller rapper of all time when it comes to I mean his comic uh songs his just the way he presents himself like he's just this king amongst peasants and I don't know Slick Rick is just He's so dope. I love Slick Rick, and I especially love this album. This album was released on November 1st of 88. Uh, again, like most of the other albums, it's got 12 songs. So, uh, But, you know, a lot of these albums, too, they don't really have fillers. So they might only have 10 songs, but they're 10 songs. There's not like, you know, an intermission or a skit or an interlude or something like that. They're just straight songs uh most of them some of them might have instrumentals like follow the leader but uh the great adventures of slick rick is just 12 straight songs and again he's the greatest storyteller of all time so every song is literally a story and i i love it this this album's so good the production is so good the lyrics are so good uh that's why i have it at three um if you haven't listened to this album this album still holds up today uh, even if you don't like old school beats or whatever, um, Ricky's lyrics are enough to hold you through. Um, and anybody I've ever shown the song children's story to, they absolutely love that song because it's such a good song. Such, I, I don't know. I, and again, I'll do it when I do an album review. You're going to hear me say that on every album I say, but, um, yeah, the great adventures of slick Rick awesome album from the best album from slick rick one of the best albums from 88 so obviously you heard me talk about it the song that i chose to play a clip from is in fact the song children's story so without further ado let's play children's story from the great adventures of slick rick from slick rick it's at number three on the top 10 albums from 88 Let's go. Once upon a time, not long ago, when people wore pajamas and lived life slow, when laws were stern and justice stood, and people were behaving like they ought to good, there lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy, and this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash, robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job. Ah, God, I love that beat. I love that song. I love that album. Definitely go listen to that album. Um, I, almost out of any of them, listen to that album. It's so good. Listen to all of them, but listen to that one particularly, uh, even though I got it at number three. And that'll just bring us straight in to number two. Now, again, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to try not to dive into this album super hard because I got to save it for a different episode, but... Man, I'm going to just, I'm going to state it right now. I'm pretty sure that I am this group's biggest fan. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm positive, and I'll battle anybody on it. Um, I, I love this group so much, so fucking much. At number two, I have one of the most innovative albums ever made, and it just so happened to come out in 88. I got an album called Critical beat down from the one and only ultra magnetic mcs and anybody that knows me you can ask my brother you can ask my friends they'll tell you oh straight loves the ultra magnetic mcs i have all their albums i got i've oh my god when i first got this album one thing i love about this album is it doesn't sound anything like anything during this era at all 
One cool thing about this list, though, is all these albums are different. All these groups are different. All their beats, everything's different. But, man, this one sticks out like a sore thumb. Like, this, the production, the way they rap, it's literally like they're an alien race, which a lot of the shit they rapped about was, you know, space shit. Um, Critical Beatdown was dropped on October 4th, 88. It's got 15 songs. Um, so the, the members of the group are Cool Keith. A lot of y'all might know him. If you, if you do, you know how kooky Cool Keith is and how, but I mean, the guy's so dope. I love Cool Keith. It's him. It's Said G. Said G is known as one of the most innovative producers. Uh, he worked with Boogie Down Productions on their first album and on their second, I believe, a little bit. And again, I'm going to try not to go into it too much, but Ultra Magnetic MCs are this album specifically is just, oh man, you go back and listen to it. It just doesn't sound anything. And still to this day, out of any other hip hop album made, like, I mean, the slang they use, the, the rapping they use, like, no, they're not conscious. No, they're not gangsta. But they are just, they try different lyric combinations, flows, things that just weren't being done. And things that really only they could kind of do. I can honestly say that Ultra Magnetic uh, paved the way for a lot of groups that are in that like subgenre, like Organized Confusion, MF Doom, Run the Jewels, you know those kind of way out there like i don't know but this album is so good like oh and i got the reissued one so that has more songs on it but i'm going with what was dropped in 88 it's the 15 songs um i don't even really know how to convey and i'll you know whether i end up doing uh an artist review on the group or just on this album in general this album is so good. I wanted to have it at number one. It's just there's a certain album that came out that I just couldn't put it over. But this is in contention for being the best album in 88, honestly. And you go and listen to it and you'll agree. I still remember listening to this album for the first time and like I was just blown away by like the beats, the rhymes, I was like, I've never heard anything like this. Like, it really is like an intergalactic album. I love it. It's one of my favorite albums. It is in my top 10 albums of all time, um, period. It is Critical Beatdown. And guess what? That's the song I'm going to play from the album. I'm going to play the song, Critical Beatdown, which if any of y'all ever played Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, and you listen to the old school station, you might have heard Ultra Magnetic, and you might have heard this song. This is Critical Beatdown from the album Critical Beatdown from Ultra Magnetic MCs, number two on the top 10 albums from 88. Hit it! Well, I'm an equalizer, known to be graphic. I clear static, breaking up traffic. Move while I enter the groove. I'm on top and happy to prove to whack MCs who claim to be better than. No way, I'm frankly more clever than all of you. Each and every one, my son. Pay close attention. I'll take your brain to another dimension. Hold it, mold it, shape. Oh, man. Oh, one thing I also want to say about this album now that I'm back. Uh, I was vibing. I almost just wanted to play the whole song. I was like, fuck it. We'll just end it right here. <laughs> but uh, the bass, man, the bass on this album. Um, again, I always say I know it's not like nowadays bass, but it's uh, I can only imagine again in 88 getting this album and just just bumping, you know? Yeah. Number two. That's where I got it. Critical Beatdown. Great album, which takes us. To the drum roll, number one. And if any of y'all out there are hip-hop heads, you probably know what I have at number one. I think it goes without saying everybody would put this album at number one for 1988. Um, it's another album that uh, should definitely be in top ten hip-hop albums of all time. It might even be in, like, I mean, it's definitely in the top 50 just albums of all time in general through all musics it has to be it's the most important hip-hop album dropped ever i'll say that right now 
Um, there's a lot of them, but this is one of the most influential hip-hop albums of all time. It is called It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back from the group Public Enemy. Man, this album dropped June 28th of 88. It's got 16 songs on it, so this is the longest album out of all of them. Critical Beatdown had 15 songs on it, um, so that was a long album too, but man, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. What, what more can I say about this album? If you don't know this album, you have to go listen to it. Now, it's not a if, and, or, but like, no, go listen to it. We all know what this podcast is called. It's called Bring the Noise. Where do you think that comes from? It comes from Public Enemy. What song do you think that comes from? It comes from the song Bring the Noise. What album is that off of? Uh, it's off this album. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Number one album from 88. There's a reason it's number one. There's a reason why I am a huge Public Enemy fan. They are my favorite group of all time. They are a group that taught me so much. They are a group that made me think about certain things going on in the world that maybe I wouldn't have thought of before. Chuck D is the most powerful voice in rap. His voice is, it comes through, it's like a punch right to your face. And of course, we all know Flava Flav. He's the perfect counterpart to Chuck D. And I mean, from all, everything about the group, you know, from the S1Ws to Professor Griff to the one Terminator X. I mean, come on now, Public Enemy's dope. This is their sophomore album. So, uh, again, we got a lot of, you know, first-timers and sophomore albums. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure the whole list is like that. Critical Beatdown from Ultra Mag was their first album. Great Adventures from Slick Rick was their first album. Straight Outta Compton, NWA's first album. Long Live the Kane, their first album, you know? Um, only a few others like KRS-One and Rock Him and Ice-T, that was their second album. Well, this is Public Enemy's second album, and I can't even begin to explain how much better it is than their first album, Yo Bum Rush the Show. No disrespect to that album, but It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back is, I mean, leaps and bounds ahead of their first album. Uh, the production from The Bomb Squad is insane. Their beats are so hype. The message that Chuck kicks in every song, whether they're touching on drug use or touching on the oppression of African-Americans or fighting back. I mean, oh my God, this is such a fucking good album. Like, and that's why it's number one in this top 10. Um, you know, again, it shows how huge of a fan public enemy I am. Uh, the hip hop group I used to be a part of, we called ourselves the nine, eight posse again, off of Chuck D's, uh, posse that he rolled with, with the 98 Oldsmobile. Um, I I just, you know, Karis once said it on his album, Return to the Boom Bap. He said, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back, and by all means necessary, these two albums set off consciousness and rap. And it did. Not saying that there wasn't conscious rhymes before that. We know Melly Mel on The Message. You know, there was definitely, but it wasn't like this album and by all means necessary. Like especially this album. I mean, this didn't give you a chance to turn a blind eye. This music was in your face, right? Like, you know, here's the message I'm kicking. No, you're going to listen to me. And again, it's, it's the best, it's one of the best hip hop albums ever made. And it's no, like I said, if it was, if this album would have came out in 89 or 87, I would have put critical beat down at number one. But I can't put critical beat down above. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Everything about this album is so, and I mean, it's set off the public, the public enemy mania. You know, from here on, their next uh, two albums were just, you know, especially their next one. It was public enemy was just, you know, they were a force to be reckoned with, and uh, that's why I got it. And so. I'm not going to play 
the song Bring the Noise because you already hear a little bit of, uh, of uh, Chuck D's voice in my intro. It's not the same beat, but you hear it in the intro. So the song I decided that I wanted to go with because it's just one of the best. I mean, I fucking love the beat. I love the song. I'm going with the Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos. Man, let's just play a clip and kick that shit. This is Black Steel and the Hour of Chaos off the album. It takes a nation of millions to hold us back from Public Enemy, number one on the top ten albums from 1988. Why don't you hit that shit, homie? I got a letter from the government the other day. I opened and read it. It said they were suckers. They wanted me for their army or whatever. Picture me giving a damn. I said never. Here's a land that never gave a damn about a brother like me and myself because they never did. I wasn't with it, but just that very minute it occurred to me. Oh, my God. Like I said, that is such a good, such a good song, such a good album. And... There it is, every uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that is my top ten. Um, I would tell you what my honorable mentions are, but like I said, I'll probably make another top ten. You know, making it a top twenty, I'll have another episode for that about this year because um, there was that many good albums that came out, and they deserve to get talked about too. Of course, in the future, I'll probably do album reviews on s- some of these albums, but for now. This was my top 10 albums from 88, and again, I'll run through it. We had Straight Out the Jungle from the Jungle Brothers, Power from Ice-T, Strictly Business from EPMD, By All Means Necessary from KRS-One, Follow the Leader, I'm sorry, uh, hold on, let's backtrack, By All Means Necessary from Boogie Down Productions, BDP, Follow the Leader from Eric B. and Kim. Long Live the Kane from Big Daddy Kane, Straight Out of Compton from NWA, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick from Slick Rick, Critical Beatdown from the Ultra Magnetic MCs, and It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back from the One Public Enemy. Man, that's a top 10 right there. I don't give a fuck what year it is, man. And on that note, I've already been listening to these albums, but I'm going to just kind of peace out. I'm going to go listen to this shit some more because now I just want to listen to it some more. So on that note, make sure you click subscribe, like, and follow us at Bring the Noise Podcast on Facebook and Instagram for future episodes. I am Straight the Clippa, and I am Audi 5000. Peace. One, two, and three.